Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You know, if you look into the Word of God, this law of liberty, when you look into the law of liberty, which is the Word of God, it is a mirror, isn't it? It's a mirror of who I really am. Have you ever noticed how the Bible has a way of convicting us? Some of those verses that we read prior about these are the things that are part of the old nature, the malice, the anger, the fornication, all this ugly list of things. And we look at that and we're like, man, I'm looking at this mirror and all I'm seeing is the filth of who I really am. But I also look into the law of liberty and I see the mirror. I look into the mirror and I can also see what God is doing in me. Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must take time to meet with Him each day so we can know what His plans are for us. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob tells us that we not only need to use the Word of God as our guide, but we must also spend time alone with Jesus to allow us to know and hear that still, small voice that He uses to communicate with us. He also teaches us that the law of liberty, being the word of God, will convict us of actions that God has forbidden us to take part in, but will also show us the good work God is doing in us. God will always reveal that which is his will for our lives. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. And you know the the rest of 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 the event there. Build upon the rock. Don't be the fool who built his house on the sand and, and, and it's washed away. He says, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I say? If, if we love Jesus, we do love him. We ought to obey him. We ought to obey him. We ought to be not only obedient to his word, but what he speaks to us personally. In Matthew 7, verse 21, it says it again, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, Samuel was talking to Saul, and he said, it's better to obey than sacrifice. You can do all the right things. You can sacrifice and you can, you can throw glass on your back and walk on all your you know, hands and, and on your knees, and you can walk uphill in the rain and the slush and the glass and the nails to make yourself feel good. But God's just saying, will you just simply obey me? You can do all the sacrificial things, but if there's no obedience, all that stuff means nothing. My daughter proves that she loves me by being obedient. I prove my love for my mother when I'm obedient to her. And we prove our love for God when we are obedient to Him. Let's seek to be obedient to Him. So be careful that just our, uh, the things that we do, they don't 
eclipse the things that we ought to do, being, having spent time alone with Christ. How is your devotion time in the morning, your time in the Word? Let that be golden for you. Let that be the thing that you hold more dear than anything else. Get alone with God and turn off your cell phone. Turn it off. Put it in the other room because it's going to beep. It's going to buzz. If you have it on vibrate, it's going to, it's going to vibrate and you're going to look over at it. Put it in the other room. Give the Lord your heart and your attention. We don't want to be like Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, It happened as they went into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. And we've, we've looked at this before, about five weeks ago, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Have you ever felt like that? Why doesn't somebody do something? <laughs> There's a song on Caleb that I hate. It's time for us to do something. And I'm like, well, maybe. If it's the Lord. If it's his will. Don't just do something to do something. Be led by the Lord and then go do something. But be spent time with him and therefore you have fuel in the tank to do something. So many of us don't have fuel in the tank and we seek to do something and then we realize when it falls on its flat on its face, we wonder, well, God must not be, he must not love me. He must not be using me. And he's like, no, I love you and I want to use you, but I want to use you in my, I want you to be obedient to me. Of all the choices that you have tomorrow, have the Lord cherry pick the things that are really important and then do those things. Everything else, you're going to make people angry with you. And smile when it does. It's okay to make people angry. Because if you're serving the Lord and you're being obedient to Him, just love on Him. (laughs) Tell Him the truth. But follow Christ at whatever expense it causes you. Because they are not going to be necessarily standing next to you when you stand before the Lord and He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You're going to be alone when He says that. You're not going to have friends come around and say, but he was so nice. He, he did all these things for me, and, he, and, and you know, he, I kept him from actually serving you, Lord. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so be careful. Don't be like the Martha. But Jesus said to her, to, uh, to Martha, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Choose that good part. Jesus is more concerned about your inward reality before we begin to do outward things. We first have to receive, and then we can give. God is always the initiator, and we always are the responders. You know, when you think about not only the written word we have to be obedient to, but what about the the still, small voice that God speaks in your head? If you remember, there was a time when Paul, before the assembly of the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jerusalem, and before his uh, hearing in front of Felix and Herod and Pilate, He said in verse 10 of Acts 23, he says, Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. Verse 11, But the following night the Lord stood by him, by Paul, and says, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. Here is the word of God coming outside of the Bible, the written word that we have. Speaking to Paul, you know, he didn't have the, the scriptures, all the scriptures in front of him. The word of God, Jesus, who indwelt him, is speaking to him and saying, it's okay, Paul, you are going to bear witness to me in Rome. 
Now, when you look at, we don't, we're not going to go there, but when you look at the next chapter we have here in uh, Acts 27, we have that situation where Paul and the men that were on the ship, as he was making his journey to Rome from Jerusalem, they ran into a really bad storm. And he told the men, God spoke to Paul again and says, you know what, don't worry. He says, Paul said to the men on the ship that night when everything was lost and, and everybody was at their wit's end, he says, For there stood by me this night, Paul said, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. What a great encouragement. The word of God speaking to him in that still small voice is your ears tuned to the word of God. How do you get that? You can't do it by being busy all the time. You can't do it by filling your head with all kinds of stuff. You've got to purpose with everything to get right with God and to hear Him, to be alone with Him. How many times, how often, honestly, ask yourself the question, I say this in a loving way, and the finger goes back at me, how much time am I alone with the Lord per day? Alone, without anything. You answer that question in your own heart and take a look at your life, examine yourself. Because that will tell you that, you know what, Lord, I need to make some changes in my life. I want to hear the still, small voice. I want to be able to hear you when you speak to me a certain thing. There's been a handful of instances in my life where I know God has spoken to me, and it's been remarkable, and I've acted on them, and I was surprised at what happened. And he wants to do the same, and many of you have the same experience. Verse 23 says, For if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. When you look in front of the mirror this morning, what were you doing? You were examining, right? You look in the mirror to examine how you look. You look for that thing out of place. You look for that tie that's not straight. You look for these kinds of things. You look for the chocolate stain that was there from last night. Oh, got to get rid of that. They want to show up at church with chocolate. Right, Chris? Yeah. Busted. So, verse 24, he says, For he observes himself, for, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And, you know, that to me, that's where most of the, much of the church we fail. Because we have a lot of knowledge, but we fail to do. We prove that we really don't believe what we claim to profess. And why would... Anyone around us be excited if they don't see us excited. Let's look at verse 25. For he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You know, if you look into the word of God, this law of liberty, when you look into the law of liberty, which is the word of God, it is a mirror, isn't it? It's a mirror of who I really am. Have you ever noticed how the Bible has a way of convicting us? Some of those verses that we read prior about these are the things that are part of the old nature, the malice, the anger, the fornication, all this ugly list of things. And we look at that and we're like, man, I'm looking at this mirror and all I'm seeing is the filth of who I really am. But I also look into the law of liberty and I see the mirror. I look into the mirror and I can also see what God is doing in me. And will you look at another Christian and see, as you look at somebody else, you look at them and you say, you know what? You're just as much of a sinner as I am, but you know what? I'm seeing wonderful things come out of your life. Do you have that gift of exhortation and encouragement? Use it often. Somebody in here needs to be encouraged this morning. You know, when things are really tough and things are really hurting and you're just at a mess, 
When you look at somebody and you've really seen something, some growth, let them know about it. They need to hear it. We need to spur each other on because when we're wounded in the battle, you don't just tell your fellow soldier, hey, sorry you got the, the wound on your leg. See you later. No, you help them. You bandage up the wound. You carry them if you have to for a while until they're ready and well to, to do it themselves. That's why we've got to do it. That's what the body of Christ is all about. If you've come and you feel like you're, you're, you're just being um, looked down upon when you come in here, may that never be the case. This place is a hospital. We ought to be able to come with all of our mess. Lord bless this mess. <laughs> right? Come in with all of your mess and don't be afraid to share it with somebody, perhaps. Or just say, pray for me. You don't have to give details. Trust takes time, even in the church, right? You don't just trust anybody with your deepest, darkest secrets. Trust is something that is earned. I, I've learned that. Have you learned that? I believe it's true. You watch a person's life. You see how they act. Time reveals whether this person is trustworthy. Or are they the kind who you share something with them, you're hurting, and the next thing you know, it's on the prayer chain. You didn't ask them permission. Hey, is it okay if I put this, as long as we're not too specific? Yeah, that'd be great, you know. We've got to be careful. We don't want to be... We want to look into the mirror and see Christ in someone else too. We want to look at each other, see Christ in each other, and encourage one another in that. In John chapter 8, verse 31, it says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It will make you free. If you look into the perfect law of liberty and you continue in it, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, you will be blessed in all that you do. And you shall know the truth, and it will set you free. And I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it's impossible to please him. For he, co- he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is God, who he says he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're going to be blessed by being a doer of the work, by looking into the perfect law of liberty, by looking into the word of God letting it be a reflection of Christ coming out at you and also seeing yourself for who you are and the great gulf between. That's why we need to be saved. That's why we need, even as Christians, to continue to be in the Word, to abide in the Word. Abiding means more than just hanging out for a little time. It means staying put. It means getting there and staying put and allowing the Lord to do it. I've got to let Him do it. Will you let him do it today, tomorrow, when you get up? Don't just get up early if you have to. You've got to sacrifice things in your life. Sometimes it's sleep. Get up early. Put on a pot of coffee if you need to, some tea, whatever, and be alone with the Lord. Verse 26, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. In other words, it's empty. You know, Jesus said the tree is known by its fruit in Matthew 12, beginning in verse 33. He says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, he tells the Pharisees, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our mouth, if anyone thinks he's religious and he does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. And you can read the rest of that passage. You know, we deceive our heart when we think that we are set apart, but our heart is filthy. 
and it's proven by the things that we say. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it? You know, in this very same book, in James chapter 3, which we're going to get to in a, probably another month, <laughs> um, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. In other words, a mature man. Able to also bridle the whole body. Are you able to bridle this thing in your mouth, the smallest member of your tongue? He says in verse 4, Look at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member. It's just a little thing, and it boasts great things. And how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. You know this to be true because with your words you have hurt someone so deeply, someone so close to you. Perhaps it's your wife. Perhaps it's your husband. You've said something and even though they've, you've asked them to forgive you and maybe they have forgiven you, that sting of what was said is still so under the surface. So important to not let our tongues. That's why I, I just, I wish, you know, only the Holy Spirit can do that. Say, Lord, set a guard at my mouth today. Set a guard at my mouth today that I wouldn't hurt people. That I wouldn't hurt the people I love, especially. He says, verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But verse 8, But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Oh, that's so true. There's people that I know that, you know, uh, I'll hear them speak, and, and I catch myself, so I'm no different, but you just hear it, and it, it really comes to life. It's like out of the one source, the spring that God has placed in us by His Spirit, you know, there can come forth this, 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 this water, you know, fresh water and bitter water out of the same opening. That's what he says here. And in verse 12 he says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Let, the, let God consume you and let him change your heart and your mouth and set, have him set a guard at your heart. Verse 27 he says, Pure and undefiled religion before God is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You know, this word, this word religion means an external religious observance, something you do externally. Pure and undefiled religion before God is to visit orphans and widows. God loves orphans and widows because they have no head over them. There's no man in the house. God has a special place in his heart. Psalm 68, verse 5, it says... He, God, is a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. And in 1 Timothy 5, verse 3, it says, Honor widows who are really widows. That's the exhortation of the church. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, and verse 14, it talks about if you have a widow in your family, let the family take care of her first before the church kicks in and, and helps. Right? And I was brought more aware of this recently when we went down to North Carolina. Recently, when uh, I was helping Pastor Jeff and Linda move down there, we visited uh, Deb Rudd and Lydia. And as you know, Deb Rudd's husband, Jeff Rudd, passed away two years ago. And um, Lydia, his daughter, and their, their other kids, you know, the, 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 the three other ones are, are out of the house. But Lydia, she's the youngest. She's, I think, 17 or 18 years old. She's there, and she's without a dad. 
you know, and Deb is without a husband. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks while we were down there and uh, really just broke me like an egg, actually. And we support them. The church here, we support them. And in the ministry, and because she is a widow indeed. She is a widow. And it was cool to see how one of the local churches had came in, some brothers, they had raised some money and some men who could do things. They actually remodeled her whole kitchen. They gutted it. They put in new floors, new cabinets, a new refrigerator, a new microwave, a new range. It looks beautiful now. And I thought, you know, that's what it's all about, taking care of those. So James, you know, sharing, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans. It was a pleasure to, to, uh, to visit them. And I love what happens after this. He says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Boy, we, a lot of spots, isn't there? It's a dark world. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Be careful what you see. Be careful what you take in. Be careful what you allow through your imagination. You know, your mind is a battlefield. And today we're going to, if we could have the worship team come up, we're going to take communion. But you know, just as it says here in that verse, look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it. Not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer. This one will be blessed in what he does. As we, as we worship and the guys hand out the elements, we do this in remembrance of Jesus. He was sacrificed once. We don't sacrifice him again. He was sacrificed once. We do this as symbolic in remembrance of him. He said, do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. So that's what we're going to do as Sarah and Sarah. Their both names are Sarah. Isn't that neat? Sarah and Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Ladies, I had to do it. So as they worship, let's prepare our hearts. And again, look, examine your heart today. If you're not a believer in Christ this morning, I would encourage you not to take communion. But if you are a believer, in spite of how you've messed up this week, please take communion. It honors the Lord when you say, Lord, I have failed. I have messed up, but I know you've forgiven me, and I take this as a token of remembering what you did for me. Okay? So they'll hand it out, hold it, we'll take it together, okay, afterwards. Father, we do thank you, Lord, that at the cross, Lord, the, the work was finished once and for all, Lord, one sacrifice. It was good enough for all of mankind, Lord. It was so potent, it was so pure, it was so holy, God, that only once did your blood need to be spilled, and it was enough to account for every single human being that would ever be born or ever will be born. Lord, we thank you for the blood, uh, for the cup, and that it represents your blood that was spilled. We thank you for the, the, the bread as it represents the body, your body, that was broken for us. And Lord, we take this this morning in remembrance of what you did so long ago, but Lord, so pertinent to us today, so applicable, so necessary. Lord, for us to consider today especially, we live in a difficult world, Lord, and it's always been difficult because it's been riddled with sin. But Lord, thank you for plucking us out of the fire and bringing us into a right relationship with Christ through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So Lord, we take these tokens as a in remembrance of you. How could we forget, Lord? But we do it in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name. 
Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.